on this Easter Sunday, God's grace, God's mercy, God's peace to each of you. God's grace, God's mercy, God's peace. We're celebrating Easter like they celebrated Easter 2,000 years ago. For the disciples were practicing social distancing. They were hiding in the upper room for fear of the Jews. They were afraid that they were going to be captured and face the same death that their Lord had a day and a half earlier. We are also practicing the Easter that is practiced by Christians in the Middle East who cannot practice their Christianity openly for fear of being tortured or killed. You and I are practicing an Easter, this particular Easter Sunday, social distancing because of a virus. But if that is your main concern, then you have lost the point of the empty tomb. If your concern is a virus and what it has caused, you have forgotten that the tomb is empty. And you have forgotten the promise of our Lord himself. Because the tomb is empty, I'll give you abundant life. No matter if it's an Easter that you're celebrating because of some great event in your life or your family's life, or it's an Easter you're celebrating with tears in your eyes, I have come that you might have abundant life, that no fire, flood, storm, illness, virus can ever conquer. Abundant life, the power that comes from me removes the power of fear. The power that comes from me removes the power of shame and guilt and anger and hatred and worry. The power of the empty tomb is laid forth upon God's children. And that is you and me on this Easter Sunday, when you are not dressed in your Easter finery, where you don't hear the organ and the choirs, nor can you smell the pretty Easter lilies. But it matters not, for every Easter that God gives us on this earth is a proclamation, not of our life or our circumstance, it's a proclamation of God's power and His love concerning our life circumstance. Easter is a day of exceeding hope and joy because of what God has done. Not because of what's going on in the world or your individual life. It's because what God has done. And what God has done filters down into his children. You're afraid of a virus touching you? (laughs) Let God's power touch you. And then the viruses and the storms that come into our life, they are eradicated by that vaccine called faith in him. If you ask me the two greatest words that ever came out of the mouth of God, one we celebrate, one we don't, because we just don't. The greatest word that came out of God's mouth, let there be lights. And as Louis Louis Giglio says, 186,000 miles per second, light came streaming forth from the mouth of God, and everything came into being. Not just the planet, uh, but the entire universe. If you ask me the second greatest word that ever came from the mouth of God, it was when he said in so many words, Come forth, Jesus. 
Jesus had said to Lazarus a week before he went to the cross, he said to Lazarus, who had been dead for four days, come forth, Lazarus. And Lazarus comes out of that tomb and they take the grave clothes off of him. And there is Lazarus, risen from the dead by the power of our Lord. God didn't wait for Jesus to be in the tomb for four days. Waited a day and a half. And on that first Easter Sunday, he says, Jesus, come forth. And in that moment, Satan has lost everything. Because in that moment, God has conquered sin and death and the power of the devil. He raised Jesus from the dead. Colossians 2.9, having been buried with, with him in baptism, you are raised with him through your faith and through the power of God who raised Jesus from the dead. Two greatest words out of the mouth of God, and both had to do with light. That there be light and we have the creation of everything. And when he says to Jesus, come forth, We have the light that no darkness can touch. No darkness of storm, no darkness of fire, no darkness of flood, no darkness of virus. Whatever is going on in your life in the health realm or the relationship realm or the finance realm, that light that comes from the empty tomb shines into the deepest darkness. When this virus started, I headed straight to Psalm 139, and I read a verse out of that psalm. It says, is there a darkness? Is there a trouble? Is there a storm so dark that God's light can't reach it? And David gives an answer right after he asks the question. He says, God's light, the risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, God's light comes into our darkness, and the darkness has to flee. There is a light at the end of the tunnel with regards to this virus. We're all all beginning to hear about it. We're all beginning to feel it. It's like a burden is beginning to be lifted. A light at the end of the tunnel. When that grave that had held the body of Jesus was emptied by the power of God. There came a light shining forth from that tomb that will stretch to the end of time. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word that holds the resurrection of Jesus, my word that holds the 7,000 promises of God directed to you, my word shall never pass away. My light shall always shine forth until the end of time. I want to share with you a text from the Old Testament. Seems like an unusual text for an Easter Sunday, but you'll understand why I head in this direction. First Kings 20. And the servants of the king of Syria said unto him, The reason we were defeated in battle was because the God of the Israelites is the God of the hills. But let us fight against the Israelites in the valley, and surely we shall be stronger than they. And there came a prophet of God, and he spoke unto the king of Israel, and he said, 
Thus says the Lord God, Because the Syrians have mocked me, because they have said, The Lord is God of the hills, but he is not God of the valleys. Therefore will I deliver all this great multitude unto thine hand, and ye shall know, and they shall know, that I am the Lord. And the two armies, Syria and Israel, pitched one over against the other for seven days. And on the seventh day, the battle was joined. And the children of Israel slew of the Syrians a 100,000 foot soldiers in one day. By the power of God, they slew a 100,000 foot soldiers in one day. It was Easter of the coronavirus. You'll say 10 years, 20 years, 30 years from now. Shame on you and me if we say it was Easter of the coronavirus. Because the word out of our mouths should be, it was Easter that in the midst of the darkness, the light and the power and the promise of God shone forth stronger than ever. The tomb is still empty. Israel had been greatly outnumbered, but nonetheless, mighty Syria had been defeated. Syria, the generals trying to justify their losing in order to save their lives, convinced the king that Israel's God was only strong on the mountains, but he was weak in the valleys. And if we can trap them to coming down into the valley, if we can entice them to come down into the valley, then we shall be victorious. And God, when he heard he was being mocked, he said to the king of Israel, they will not entice us to go down into the valley. I will bring them down into the valley and I'll bring Israel down into the valley. And I will prove to you and to them that I am God of the hills and I am God of the valleys. And God won. He won on the hills when everything was bright and shiny. He won down in the valley where everything is dark. He won. In that glorious day in the Old Testament, 1 Kings 20, he established one fact about himself. His strength is not varied. It is not limited. It is not confined. It's not varied. You and I, when we get older, we lose our strength and our power. If we're an athlete, we're about washed up in our mid-30s. If we're in the trades... Mid-50s were saying, I don't know how longer, much longer my body can take this. God is not varied in his strength. He was not powerful when he was young and said, let there be light, the universe is created. He was not more powerful then than he is now. He could still say, let there be light. He could still open the waters of the Red Sea. His strength is not varied, nor is it limited nor is it confined. Physical realm, mental realm, emotional realm, realm of health, realm of relationships, realm of finances. It doesn't matter to God what is going on in your life because he's the God of it all. And whenever you and I come to him in prayer because the tomb is empty, 
Whenever you and I come to him in prayer, he is there. He is there. Why is the death total so much lower than that which was predicted because of the prayers of two and a half billion of his children on this earth? And if there was only one Christian praying to God about this coronavirus, God would hear the prayer of one righteous man and God would respond. Why has there been so much goodness come out of this evil called the coronavirus? Because the tomb is empty and God is God. He's God of the mountains. Back in the fall of the year when the economy was setting records every other week. Back in the fall of the year when here at Trinity, 1.8 million was pledged and we were looking for 1 million Back in the fall of the year when your life and mine were totally different than they are now, he was God of the hills. But at this time, a few months later, and the economy has crashed, and the virus has affected churches and schools all over this country, and your life and mine totally different than they were back then, he's God of the valley. He was there in the fall, blessing everything. He's here in the spring, blessing everything because he's God of the hills and he's God of the valleys. Isaiah 43, one of my favorite portions of Scripture, it says, God has called you by name. We're talking trillions upon trillions upon trillions upon trillions of people that have lived on this planet Earth. And when I was born, August 27th, 1953, and when I was conceived nine months before that, God had already called me by name. I belong to him, so do you. And on this Easter, I'm reminding you what Isaiah 43 says. When the flood comes, it'll not consume you. He'll open up the waters of the Red Sea. Just watch him. When the fire comes, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when the fire comes, it'll not burn you up. And when the storm comes, whether the storm is cancer, whether it's finances, whether it's addictions, whether it's a virus, when the storm comes, it will not sweep you away. Why? Because he's called you by name, you're in the palm of his hand. And let cancer try and get you if you're in the palm of his hands. And let finances or broken relationships or viruses try and get you. You're in the palm of his hands. What protection is there? If we grasp this. If we learn a lesson during these days and weeks of the coronavirus, if we learn a lesson to trust in him, we would not be so inconsistent and fickle. If somewhere down the road someone asks you, when was the moment you really came to know God? What moment happened that you got so close to God? How many thousands, if not millions, would say it was during the coronavirus? During the darkest days imaginable, that's when I came to know him. 
Why do I believe that's the truth? Because if I ask you, when did you come to know God the best? You would tell me, because you already have, it's when the cancer came. It's when the house was foreclosed on. It was when my son got sick. It was when my daughter got sick. It was during those valley times that you came to know God in a way you would never have known Him. And could it be, could it be, as you sit there at your house watching this service on this Easter Sunday 2020, could it be that in the midst of this darkness, in the midst of this valley that has affected so much all over the world, could it be that God has used this moment, this time, this season in your life, to bring forth things about Him that you had never realized before. To see some verse in the Bible that had never come alive, but now it comes alive. My goodness, crazy God of the hills. But I'm going to tell you, He is stronger in the valley than He was on the hills. He was stronger in the valley times of your life than He was on the hills. On the hills, you didn't need him so much. But in the valley, if you stayed close to him, if you didn't walk away from him and say, God, I don't believe in you anymore. If you stayed close to him, it was in the valleys that you wrapped your arms around the risen Lord. And that's when you came to know him. God gives us mountaintop times. Thank you, God. We need them every once in a while. Rare moments when the flame is there and the zeal is there and the joy and the energy is there. Precious moments straight from God. But for every mountaintop in our lives, for every mountaintop, there's a valley. If you're climbing some mountain, you go through a valley, and then you climb the mountain, you come down the mountain, you go through another valley, right? One of my favorite hymns, Transfiguration Sunday, "'Tis good, Lord, to be here, yet we may not remain. But since Thou bidst us leave the mount, come with us to the plain." The mountaintop has been left. The mountaintop of the fall, when everything was exploding... That mountaintop has been left. And we're in a valley. Since thou bidst us leave the mounts, come with us to the plain. He is with you in this plain. Keep strong in your faith this Easter Sunday. Keep strong in that faith. Don't be filled with fear or worry. Stay strong in the faith. Don't be controlling. Don't be judgmental. Stay strong in your faith. Be as the Apostle Paul desires the Christians back in his day to be. Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Because God is God everywhere. And the tomb... Even on this most unusual Easter Sunday, the tomb is still empty. 
And all that light, all that power, all that love, it comes washing over you. Whatever address you are at watching this service, do you feel his love come washing over you? I close with something I saw this past week. I usually don't write these things down. This one I did. Peace is not the absence of trouble. Peace is the presence of God. Amen to that, you guys. Peace is not the absence of trouble. Peace is the presence of God. Write it down, put it on the fridge. A blessed Easter to each of you. In our Savior's name, the risen Lord. Amen. Let me have a prayer with you. Heavenly Father, I guarantee that no one is sitting there in their Easter finery. Maybe someone thought to put an Easter lily on their table so that it felt a little bit like Easter. Maybe someone dressed up so it felt like Easter. It's not the circumstances of our life that produce Easter. It is Jesus Christ dying on that cross for our salvation, and it is God coming that first Sunday morning after his death and raising him to life. What were the first words out of Jesus' mouth? Because I live, ye shall live also. You shall live an abundant life on this earth filled with faith. And you shall live a life everlastingly with me in heaven when your final Easter on this earth is done. Keep us close to you, Lord. Never a moment we do not realize your presence, your peace, and your strength. In our Savior's name, amen.